Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Candidly Crew. I'm your host, Chesley White. And I'm Marina Register. How are you doing today? Doing good. It's it's a busy week for me. It's deadline week. Oh man, that's rough. Yeah, it's, it's so, been... <laughs> is that why we were both eating Chick-fil-A in the car right before walking? It is indeed why we both <laughs> drove up and were eating Chick-fil-A in our car before we came in to film the podcast. It was so. pretty funny. That was like, <laughs> they're shoving food in my mouth, like, drinking my I drink. As soon as I saw the cup, doing... the cup with the red straw, I was like, I know exactly what she's doing. Which one did you go to? Lauren Road. Okay, I was also there. We must have been at the drive-thru at about the same time. So. Awesome. Love it. So I love that we're basically the same person. Yes. So, so um, we're super pumped for the interview today. It was Jane McCall, who's yes. the VP of Hughes Development. Yes, that's right. We have a, an amazing interview for you today. Like, I just, I really enjoyed this one. Um, I don't know what you thought. I mean, one thing I, I felt like I really took away from it was that Jane is just a lifetime learner. Like, she mm-hmm. is just always looking to learn something new and kind of have a like a broadened perspective that but that thing that she's going to learn is going to help her do whatever she needs to. Yeah, I feel like it was so interesting to hear perspective on how she looked at her work and the things that she thought of as exciting opportunities instead of just like the next project. And I also, and I think you did too, just took away like how much she cares about people and how much of herself she puts into her projects, which I think is an amazing part of real estate is that people can do that. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, and so like Marina said, uh, Jane McCall is VP of Hughes Development. And she also, we want to mention, has won recently mm-hmm. the uh, Crew Career Advancement for Women Award, Award and the Greenville Journal Real Estate Women's of Influence list. So pretty amazing career. Now she's retired, uh, which we talk about a little bit too. So um, anyway, we're super excited for you guys to l- listen to this podcast. So let's bring her in. All right. All right. Well, Jane, thanks so much for being with us today. How are you doing? I am very good. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we are really excited to talk to you, uh, talk to you today about your story and about your career and what you're up to now. It sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we um, start from the beginning? How did you get started in commercial real estate or, um, or your first job maybe out of out of college? Uh, let's see. So we have to back up to Columbia Okay. Um, when I finished South Carolina. I, we lived in Columbia for about 12 years, so I worked for a large property and casualty insurance company. I was the assistant personnel director, and uh, so I was uh, doing that for a number of years, and then we ended up moving to Greenville. Coming to Greenville and looking for a job, um, it happened to be one of those low market times, and so in doing a lot of uh, out and about, I was, I love Furman University. My oldest sister graduated from Furman. And I thought, oh, living in Greenville, work at Furman, this would be, this would be fun. Mm -hmm. And so I applied and they didn't have anything, but they needed people to just fill in. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was jumping from athletics to religion to history to um, I ended up then in my longest position was um, with the at that time it was called the Furman Clemson MBA program and I worked for Dr. Belote who was the head of the program. He happened to be on the board of of Hughes at that time Hughes Real Estate. Okay. And he was on the board that Mr. Hughes had set up. 
that he did annually in December. And he brought in uh, professionals, executives, and uh, those people who had um, high levels of knowledge, brought them in and talked about his business and what's going forward and where things are in, uh, you know, um, economically and the markets and all of these kinds of things. And, and during that visit, it came up that he needed to hire someone because the office manager in his office was pregnant. And Dr. Belote said, I got your person. I was interviewed and hired, and that was January 17th, 1983. Wow. And 38 years later, I walked back out. That is that is amazing. Yeah, you don't hear that happening much nowadays. 38 years is a long time. So what did that first position look like? Um, the first position was, of course, beginning to learn what commercial real estate was all about. Mm -hmm. And I was sort of beginning to take charge of uh, the office environment, mm -hmm. which consisted of two other people besides me, the accountant and a part-time secretary. Um, the the Hughes, which was at that time of Red Hughes, Mr. Mm -hmm. Hughes, and the sons. Uh, Bob and Phil. So I, I worked for all of them on the front end for a while. And so it was small, but a lot going on. And I was certainly interested and eager to begin to learn and do more than what was there. So I just began to pick up a few things and um, had a lot of uh, support from the three of them to help me, and it just began to grow from there. So what was your degree in college? <laughs> My degree was journalism. Okay, interesting. And something I had always had an interest in, but when I came out of college, there again, there just wasn't, yeah. it, it was one of those times there wasn't um, a wide open market. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure how I planned to use it, but I knew public relations was a piece of it that was very important to me and that I had um, focused on a lot. And in doing that over the years of my career, I have felt that the public relations piece of my education was pretty pivotal in in throughout yeah. my life that that I was always in um, in front of other people, mm -hmm. involved with other people, mm -hmm. engaging with. Uh, so I felt like that that piece of my education ended up being um, pretty vital oh, and yeah. helpful to me. Yeah, yeah I could see that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just interested. So you obviously came from Furman into the Hughes. Sounds like you were very much like kind of a self-starter. More like, I would like to do more. I'd like to take on more challenges. What did then your path look like from, from that of like, hey, this is what I'm doing now, but I have so many more things I could do, I think, to where you ended up before you retired? And I, I want to piggyback on that question. <laughs> did you, while you were going through your career, did you think about that end goal of where you wanted to be? Or were you just like, I'm going to do the best job that I can in this position right now and then see where that gets me? I probably was a little... Uh, of the, uh, the let me see what I can learn. Yeah. Let me see how far I can go. And the, the opportunities just began along the way to, to, to sort of come to me. But I, I knew that I wanted to 
to do a, a very good job. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, I'm a, a self-starter, a pretty hard worker. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I have a, a strong focus. And so there was never anything in my mind that there's something here I can't do. I just need to learn how to do it. I need to prove myself and everything that I'm taught or shown, I need to take it to heart. I remember that going to the library and checking out books on putting down asphalt (laughs) because that was a part of the job. Because you're managing projects, right? um, At this time, I'm managing the property. Okay. I'm managing Uh, the properties, the, uh, and the various, you know, the landlords. And so there's that. And not only that, I was also kind of overseeing the maintenance where things have changed over the years. But when there was a roof leak or a pothole, these things were called to me and I had to get them addressed. And so I thought, well, I need to learn about asphalt. Uh, this, this seems like something I know absolutely nothing about. So I'll just go check out books. So that was what Google was before. <laughs> because now I always think, oh, I should know more about that. I'll Google yeah, it. Exactly. Exactly. Where was it when I needed yeah, it? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, instead of bringing home stacks of books. That's right. Would have saved you a trip to the library. But yours is a much better story, <laughs> I will say. That. Yeah. So it, it was, a, it began to take on a little of everything because we were small, but we had a lot to get done. I was property managing and kind of trying to lead the office of everything that needed to be done there. And the maintenance, I helped in the accounting when there were some needs there. So I was working in a little of the financial focus of the company as well. So being a small small group at that time and it was fam it's a family owned business mm-hmm. and so you had this chance mm-hmm. to to touch everything yeah. and yeah. that's what i felt that i did and i loved it um to get to get out and then they would take me with them uh to on job sites mm-hmm. and um I climbed an outside ladder on an old Winn-Dixie in a skirt <laughs> that we were going up to check something on a roof. And yeah. it, it was an outside ladder, and I thought, I'll come up last. <laughs> yeah. Then I'll go down first. That's right. Just make it and, work. Um, there were just little things like that in my career that that just stick with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on a lot of roofs. <laughs> So, so now do you know know about asphalt paving and roofing like to the nth degree? Yes. So um, I just began to to take in as much as they'd let me let me have. And I'm sure they were excited too about having someone that was so eager to learn and help you know be of use, like you know help out wherever you could. Well, so, I hope so. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'll I, ask them on the next. I, I, I hope so. Um, but I it was. Uh, it was meaningful to me and important, and uh, that's kind of the way I've had my career. Yeah. So from when you started to when you retired, um, what was the growth in the company, like number of employees? So I, I told you when I went there, there, there were nine. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that was three outside um, facilities personnel, the three women in the office, and the owners. Okay. And so when I left, I think there were about 19. Okay. And wow. um, so, so the dynamics of how these mm-hmm. things work are very different now than than the way that I did them <laughs> growing up. And that's, uh, I will tell you, that's one thing I think I had a little problem along the way is turning loose. I, letting go of things. And because I felt like I'd, I'd, I should do it because I, I know what to do and yeah. and I need to get, it needs to get done. And so it'll be mm-hmm. just easier if I just take this on myself. Yeah, get it done. So turning I think a loose, lot of us struggle with that. Yeah, turning <laughs> loose along the way was one of those things I had to really learn. Did you ever do it once and it went amazingly, and you're like, "Oh wow, I should do that more often." Of course, <laughs> of, of course. And, and that's when you feel like that what you've done within the office with others is supports what you've been trying to do. Yeah. Um, I. And very, very good friends in the office and people I cared a great deal about that I wanted to see them thrive and grow and succeed. Mm-hmm. And so these, uh, I wanted to sort of nurture them along and help them learn as much as they could to do yeah, well. I think I've had to have, so I'm a, a manager at a CPA firm, so I have staff and seniors behind me, but I was a staff at one point. I was a senior at one point. And it's so hard, like you're saying, to let things go and let other people take them because you're like, okay, well, I do, I'll do it best, right? <laughs> but how do they become a senior? How do they become a manager unless I let things go? And I had someone give me really great advice one of my mentors in the company, and she told me, she's like, Marina, you have to do the things that only you can do. Because if you do the things that you can do, then you'll do so much. But if you do only the things that only you can do, then you're leaving a way for other people to learn more things. And that was just oh, that's a very good something. I think it's about a very good time. piece of advice yeah. um, to to use for yourself going forward and and others as they grow along the way. Yeah, I like that. It's one of those things I have to think of all the time. I'll be sitting at my desk and I'm like, do only the things you can do. So it's still hard to give things up, but it's it's one of those things to realize that other people are growing the same way that you got to grow because you were able to do more and more things and take on more and more things, I think was good. So um, what was the most challenging part of your job? And what did you feel like was the most rewarding? That's going to cover a lot of territory. (laughs) Let's get into it. (laughs) That will cover a lot of territory. Challenging. It it, it kind of folds into a challenge versus the opportunities Mm -hmm. because each opportunity had its challenges. And um, so challenges would be sometimes maybe just getting what you needed when you needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly in project managing, um, construction management, it you found that a lot of those, there are plenty of opportunities in that, but there are a lot of 
you know, kind of sometimes headbutting pieces mm -hmm. because of what you know you need and how you're going to get it. And others aren't moving at the same pace that you are. Mm -hmm. So there can be, that can be challenges in situations like that. Challenges within the offices was probably just because I kind of always kept this oversight of everything in the office. I, I just felt like that, um, that that was helpful to the company mm -hmm. to do that. And so I know I'm, I've jumped around a little bit, but that people would come to me because they, I was an open door person and I always felt like I should stop what I'm doing to talk to people. Mm -hmm. When they came to see me, they needed something, so yeah. I should stop what I'm doing unless it is an, a really a situation that I have to ask them to wait a few minutes. Mm -hmm. But to but to take on what their situation was and hope that what they've brought to me that I'm going to be able to give them the right answer or help them figure out how to go get answers and then let's bring it back to me and let's talk about it. So sometimes those would be challenges because you're trying to help people grow through sharing information that that you know, mm -hmm. but you need them to also step out mm -hmm. and take this information and go do the research, go do go do the running down and bring it back and then let's let's see if we've got it pull together. Yeah. Um, back to challenges within um, construction management is simply sometimes it's the other party. Um, yes. It's, <laughs> it, it's the other party of um, trying to, to get them to the table and get answers. Or I, I had a, a job, one of the jobs that I had one time Two times during that project, I I went and said, I'm shutting it down. I'm wow. sorry to have to tell you this, but if you can't, if you cannot bring me, get me what I need, I will go shut it down right now. Hmm. Um, so getting the other party sometimes in challenge could be very challenging mm -hmm. situations. Um, but I will say, that was rare. <laughs> um, for the most part, I I had great people that I was able to um, to do build out or ground up or um, from inside dirt up um, people that I worked with. Um, that was probably the most exciting part of my career. Just getting to work with getting, all the different people, getting to do, getting to do that, yeah. because I think it it took it, it took confidence in me by them to let me do that, mm -hmm. and I have certainly always asked questions when needed, and got the answers I needed so I could move things forward, but but. In the end, I was just given the chance to just do it. Mm -hmm. And I only went when I really had a roadblock that that I needed the owner to 
kind of help me <laughs> move mm-hmm. this roadblock out of the way. So that all of the all of the construction pieces, tenant improvements, as I said, building from ground up, those things are just they were just kind of priceless in my life mm-hmm. because some of them have so much meaning to me. And I I worked so hard to do a good job mm-hmm. to get those um, brought to completion and always wanted to be on time and under budget. Yeah, yep. don't we all? Yes, for well, sure. It sounds like to me, I'm just trying to kind of sum up that it sounds like in a, such a great way, instead of thinking of your job as like, hey, well, I get up and I do this and it's fine and I'm doing all the things I can. You're saying, wow, look at all these opportunities I'm getting to learn, to grow, to challenge myself and using that to propel yourself forward. So it sounds like your job felt like more than a job. It felt more like this really great growth opportunity for you. It was. It From where I would have started back in, mm, let's say, the very early 90s when I probably did the first build-out with the architect and the contractor and so forth of a, a a number of tenant spaces in an in an office in a medical office building to to then doing ground up uh, at that time I wasn't completely sure what I was doing but I did find that over over the years that general contractors for the most part and architects are very they're very good to help you and to help walk also to, to be a partner mm-hmm. with you because they were working for our company. Yeah. And I'm representing the company. So right. I, I have um, had the opportunity to have outstanding relationships over the years with general contractors and um, who've become my friends. Yeah. Did that take some humility at the beginning to? to say like, hey, I, I'm either like new to this or I'm coming into this, you know, did it feel like that? Or was it like, oh, wow, we're all on a team together, we're working together? Or was it like, oh, I have to go ask them because I don't know kind of feeling? I had to ask. <laughs> there are just times when in a construction project, you don't want to make a mistake. Yeah. No. And so it's better to just put on your put on your question face and go ask the question honestly whether it was whether it was even the outside people mm-hmm. um, the, the the contractors working under the GC or the architect or to the owner um, to I can't make a mis- they can't make a mistake that can really be an issue mm-hmm. in the future yeah. so I it would have been very remiss to think that I had all the answers, that would have been that would have been time to let me go <laughs> if I'd felt that I could do this without anybody else. Well, that's, I, I feel like that's, um, I, I think everyone should have that kind of attitude of questioning and curiosity and understanding that 
because I, I know in my job, there's times that I'm like, I know a lot. And then there are times I'm like, I don't know anything. <laughs> I All I know is I know who to ask the question to, right? Exactly. And I think that's part of like getting older is just realizing like, okay, well, I might not know the answer, but at least I know the person that I need to ask that question to. Yeah, and it's not the end of the world if you don't know the answer. I mean, right. it kind of builds camaraderie within your team. It's like, okay, you're bringing this expertise to the table and I'm bringing this expertise. And as a team, we're going to build the best building or, you know, do whatever the the product that you're making or the project you're working on is at the time. I, that I love the team approach because of that. Yeah. I would say my first year at my job, I was so bad at asking questions because I was scared because I thought I was supposed to know everything. And once I realized that I didn't have to know everything, that's when I actually started getting better at my job. And I think it, that's a, a very good thing to say because you don't know it all. You can't know it all. Yeah. I've ha- I don't know how many times I said over the years that I learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. If you don't open your mind in your job to learn there's something every day that didn't happen the day before. And and just as the same in your jobs, you can have in mind what you think you're going to do that morning that you think you're going to get accomplished and get something off your desk or off your list. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. So it, you need to be, well, ready to regroup. But mm-hmm. also, as you said, that you do what you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just do a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Um, so 38 years is a long time within one company. Um, tell me about the staying power of that. You know, um, <coughs> what kept you there, or you know, did you ever question, "Am I in the right field?" Like, what were your thoughts about that issue or topic? It's not an issue. <laughs> <laughs> Once I I began to get my feet on the ground. And that didn't just happen. That that took a while. <laughs> yeah. But but then being given opportunities to to do other things, I I just wanted more. I wanted That's the awesome. chance to do more. And I would take on. I wasn't I wouldn't ask sometimes, I'd just do it. Um and because we had architectural re- review committees and a residential was was a part of the company, but not like the commercial development. Mm-hmm. But somebody had to focus on those things as well. And I thought, I can do this. I'll just take it on. And then I'll just get it all put together. I'll get all the answers. And then I can just take it to them. And because I wasn't the committee, I just, they were the committee. And, but... I enjoyed that because it was something else new. Mm -hmm. I'd never worked with house plans. I'd never gotten involved in uh, processes that had anything to do with subdivisions and to get to help develop um, one of those, one of the subdivisions from, from the ground of the infrastructure uh, was just totally interesting and and it was something i thought okay when we could do the next one what what's the next thing to be done it's just like building out a tenant space that was just so exciting to me mm-hmm. i um i so enjoyed earl galden who uh, is retired mm-hmm. and has been for a while but he was um craig galden and davis so he is one of those gentlemen in my life that i'll always remember 
And he and I had this great working relationship because he did a lot of um, the medical office park um, architectural work. Mm -hmm. And so I would just plop my little self over to his office and we'd sit in the big conference room. And um, that was back when people actually still also use paper and pencil. Um, <laughs> and that, that he would just sketch. I would tell him I met with this tenant, here's what a doctor's office needs. And we would just sit there and we'd work together. And um, it was fine for me to ask him questions or make make suggestions to him and work together and then take these things back. So these processes to get to see an, a tenant's office come together and then get the contractor and then get started on mm -hmm. it, uh, these things were – I was always just – so excited to do it and especially when it was all finished oh yeah and that's you saw the them <laughs> and you saw them then start occupying spaces mm -hmm. i someday i'm going to try to count the projects that i did <laughs> and i haven't done it but i know it's a lot um, i would love to hear that number whenever you figure <laughs> that out that would be fascinating um but i've 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 built out spaces and ripped them back out again and built out another space. I built grocery stores and tore that one down and built another grocery store. Um, I built, I tore down Kmart Shopping Center and built a shopping center. That was out of state. Um, so it, they just gave me the empowerment that I needed to go do these things. Yeah. And what made them feel that she's confident enough to do it. I don't know where the mindset was, but they gave it to me. I think they, I mean, this is me projecting, but, you know, it seems like you're a lifetime learner and you're very curious. And so to have that new opportunities presented all the time of different project types, whether it's like tenant upfit or ground up, it's new challenges and you loving learning like that and always being up to the challenge. I mean, that's, as a business owner, to have that type of personality on your team, like, I think that's key. Like, it's just like, she can handle it. Yeah, let's, you know, let her do this next one. So that's so cool. What, on that note, what is your, I mean, you've done a lot of projects over the years, a lot of different types. What would you say is your favorite if you had to pick one? I, I have to give three. Okay. That's perfect. Three's okay. I have I'll to give it. three because those were the last three. Um, I did in terms of ground up projects. Okay. In between, I was doing some build outs. Um, I had f a ground up project in four, three build outs in Greenville, ground up in Columbia, and three build outs in Greenville going at the same time. I wasn't sure whether I was coming or going <laughs> yeah. there for a few times. But I have to tell you that my, my heart. My heart filling one was to do the Veterans Administration outpatient clinic on Grove Road. Okay. They had been in their old location for 25 years. And I was working for Hughes when we talked with them about doing the building 25 years ago. Awesome. So that building, uh, they needed to move. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to be the um, construction manager for that and because I have 
strong military in my family, mm-hmm. um, a brother, brother-in-law. My son-in-law, who um, was deployed in, in Iraq, my son, who has now been in the military for 20-plus years and was also deployed two different times at the beginning of um, uh, the Iraqi war and then um, serving another time during that. To be able to be a part of that military facility, I said military, I'm sorry. I meant the the veterans facility to serve um, military members mm-hmm. was probably the highlight of my life to be able to do that, to walk in that building and see the replicas of military medals, if you've never been in it, hanging from the ceilings in its half-circle front of the building, and knowing that we had just finished a first-class project that was going to give these men and women an opportunity for better health care, a wonderful place to be, And so that truly was a special piece for me. Mm -hmm. The second one would be the Clemson University School of Nursing. I am a graduate of the University of South Carolina. So you can imagine that that this was a little different Mm -hmm. for me. But as it turned out, because the need in the community and the strong medical community that we have in Greenville, this was offering right on the on the Prisma Health campus, which is where this was built. And it happened to be right beside with a drive between the University of South Carolina School of Medicine. There you go. There's your connection. <laughs> so we ended up doing a walkway over that drive that went between them, which joined the med school and the nursing school, which is the was the first of its kind in the country, not realizing that when we went into this, but to but to offer this fabulous first class medical facility for students to grow and learn and 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 then grow their careers in the nursing fields. Uh, it was it's very gratifying to have been a part of that. And the last one is um, fills my heart, not only with sadness, but with gratitude that I got to do it. And that is in Columbia, the Bull Street District. Uh, the first retailer was REI, and I was asked to, to do the construction management for the REI which was great and I enjoyed it a new contractor and you know making the trips there and getting that done and it is a fabulous um, store location but the piece of it that's important to me is the family connection that Bull Street has to my family my grandfather was there in the hospital he had had a massive stroke and um, this was 
very long ago and when my grandmother could not keep him at home Mm -hmm. and there weren't facilities like there are now Mm -hmm. where you could take someone. So my grandfather was there and I visited him with my mother and my grandmother um, several times and I remembered exactly where we sat. I remembered exactly where he was and where this um, shed, uh, sort of picnic area where we would visit and he died there. Mm-hmm. So the family connection to Bull Street, mm-hmm. to have gotten to do this one project there, was very, filled my heart that I was able to do that. I knew exactly which building he was in because when they started tearing them down, taking them down, I got bricks from it. Oh, wow. And uh, gave those as gifts with plaques to family. Um, wow, that's pretty to, special. Um, you know, to honor my grandfather. Yeah. Who was there. Wow. So those were the last three ground up projects that I did. And each one, in its own way, was a piece of me Mm -hmm. that I felt I had an investment in this for myself. Yeah. And so those were probably, well, hands down, those three projects were the highlight. Yeah, what a way to end your career. Of my career. Yeah. Thank you for sharing those with us. I feel like there's so much more meaning to that than just, oh, I built a building and I really liked the building. So I really appreciate you sharing the stories behind those. So um, as we move out of your amazing career and kind of look at retirement, what was that transition like? Was it, was it an, what was the decision? Like, was it an easy decision to make, hard to make? And, you know, how have you felt coming into retirement? I thought I was going to retire sooner than I did by two or three years. I had sort of thought that. And then these projects, I kept being given these opportunities. And I, you know, I couldn't think about retiring. I had work to do. And so I was going to be 70 last October. And I just decided that wow, it looks like you're going to be hung out until you're 70 years old. (laughs) So I decided that at that point, of course, COVID had hit and things were in a different place Mm -hmm. at that time with with, um, tenants and and operations and people, skeleton crews and and so on and so forth, how everyone's lives took a, a different turn. And I just felt that it was my time, that I really wanted to spend more time with my family, that there was nothing more important to me. There is nothing more important Mm -hmm. to me than the opportunities to spend time with my family. As I shared with you that I've just come back from Germany, Mm -hmm. where I hadn't seen those three grandchildren, my son and daughter-in-law, in two years. So um, getting to do that and um, 
I've spent this year since I retired, it took a couple of months, honestly, to begin to sort of feel like you're not getting up tomorrow morning and dressing and going to work. I still dream about work. I worry about work. <laughs> I I I I try to keep up with yeah. you know the the people I was very close to that that I was trying to mentor along. I because I want everything to be great for them and so yeah, I dream about it. I think about it still, but it's less than it was. That's good. Um, <laughs> but I have forgotten all of the dreams that I have had over. I am fixing things. I see things that are wrong, and I am fixing things in my dreams, Mm -hmm. which I guess, fortunately, I don't have to do that anymore. But um, I'm very happy to be retired. I have spent a lot of time with my sisters, and I had the opportunity to go to golf matches all last spring with the oldest grandson which I wouldn't have been able to do. Oh, yeah. And the cross-country with my other grandson here. So there are those are the things in life I wanted. I wanted the opportunities to to be able to share time with my family. And also in the midst of all of that is the fact that I've gotten to go to Edisto now <laughs> I got a coming up in a couple of weeks about six times this year. That's so that feels right for that. Yeah, <laughs> I've gone to Edisto every opportunity that's come about. Do you guys have a place down there? Um, at a timeshare. Okay. And so do the sisters. So we have a number of weeks. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's so, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I'm. Like, I guess I shouldn't be concerned about it because I have a a while to go (laughs) for retirement. But, you know, we work so hard and we're so involved and we put our souls into what we're doing every day and it kind of becomes part of our identity. I worry that whenever I get to that point that all of a sudden I'm going to be like, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. Like, and yes, family is super important. And then that gives you the freedom to be able to to go see them more often. But I'm worried that I'm going to be the same way, like dreaming about work and like feeling like I have to get up, you know, at seven in the morning when I don't and things like that. So it's interesting to to hear you say that, that it it doesn't go away initially, but it does get better. One of my very close friends at work retired right after I did. And so for probably the first month, we called each other <laughs> almost every day, about seven o'clock in the morning, yep. maybe a little before, and say, are you awake? Are you are you getting ready? Are, <laughs> are, you, are you getting dressed to go to work? You're not going to be late today, are you? Right. Just, oh, um, so, yeah, that was, um, we're, we're good friends. That's awesome that you have someone to... To bounce those thoughts <laughs> off of. But, but I got to tell you, I mean, I, just, I think it's a lot. Just like people say, I don't know how I work to be when, now that I'm retired. How did I have time to work? Yeah, my parents I mean, say that. Well, I just, I do what I want to do when I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined the Y and Traveler's Rest, and that's really important to me. And I got back in yoga classes, and I take German classes, and and I'm on some boards, and I do some volunteer work, and um, I'm very involved in my church. Yeah. So I I find things to do. Yeah. And I love working outside in the yard. And so 
I'd much rather be outside than inside. I agree. Yeah, I, I find like on the weekends for me, that's kind of like my restful time period because like you spend so much time like working with your brain during the week and thinking through problems and stuff like that to actually work with your hands is like a different set of, yeah. I guess, mm-hmm. like activity to be doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like, I don't know, therapeutic almost. Well, that's what you call it. You yeah. call it dirt therapy. Dirt therapy, I love <laughs> you, that. You, you call it dirt therapy. Yeah. Yes. We're also yeah. working on our golf therapy. Too. Yeah, we are. We're trying to be, get, be better at golf. So. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. said to um, my grandson over the weekend, I said, so when, when are you taking me to play golf? He said, I'm going to beat you. And I said, that's not what it's about. Yeah. yeah. I said, it's when you get out of school one day, you tell me to meet you, and we're just going to play nine holes. And, and you know, many hours later, I'll finally be finished by <laughs> nine holes. And, and you just hang out with me. That's right. We'll have so, some great conversation. Maybe enjoy some drinks. And, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, Chesley and I play, and we try and play pretty regularly. Oh, that's great. And we take pictures of our scores, but only for us to beat ourselves. Yes. Like, I'm never That's looking right. at her score. I'm only looking at mine to see if I've gotten better than my last time. So, so all that to say, if you ever want to go play golf with us, yes. we'll be more than... Oh, well, I've, I've, got yeah. to, I've got to go with the grandson and work some. Go first <laughs> and then, yeah. 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 And then hang out with and us. And then maybe y'all will let me join. Okay, we, perfect. We join, We put this group together so that anyone at any level could come play with oh, us. Oh, that's perfect. So I have a friend who has just now started taking lessons, and she's like, I feel really embarrassed to go golfing. I was like, do not feel embarrassed because I'll still always mess up and have a bad day or a bad game. And I was like, what I've learned is that men play golf, and we just I always just assume that men are good at golf. And then I watch them play, and I was like, oh. Everyone has bad days. Like sometimes not, they're good, sometimes they're not. Not, not so much. And, like, and sometimes I'll be good, and sometimes I won't. And it's totally yeah. fine. It's more about getting outside. You can never be mad after two to four hours outside driving around in a golf cart. That is yeah. true. It's just fun. No, golf has never been um, one of those things that I've spent a lot of time on, but it's I've always enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's just about playing. Mm-hmm. It's that's all. Yeah. It's the score is sort of meaningless to me. I just, it's just doing it. Right. Just doing it. And I I feel like having that attitude, I can have way more fun playing golf than if I tried to be really intense. Because eventually you get to be a perfectionist with yourself and it gets unfun. And so I've actually talked about it with my coach before. I'm like, um, let's not think about this because I just want to play and have fun. <laughs> so it's always a good time. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I do have a question about mentorship. Um, you know, we part of this podcast is kind of like a tag um, tag team, you know, part like program along with it is uh, we've got a mentorship program with crew. Um, how have um, mentors played a role in your career? Did you have a mentor throughout your career? Or? I, I had some professional people through my career that never knew they were my mentors. Mm-hmm. But they were there. They, uh, I, they just didn't realize that, that I would be referring to them now as as mentors. Mm-hmm. Earl Galton mm-hmm. would be one. Gay Sprague, a traffic engineer, because we worked together many times, but we also had a friendship. But our friendship was what developed into what I would consider her mentoring me and not even realizing that uh, our relationship to me 
could have been some of that sometimes. Um, Ted Tedderts, who retired attorney with, in the beginning, um, Leatherwood Walker Todd Mann, now Fox Rothschild. And we worked together for years on leases and some pretty in-depth documents that needed to be done. And I learned so much interacting with Ted through the legal piece of things that I would I would put my legalese words together and send them to him and more often than not they would get tweaked and and (laughs) sent back to me to use but his calmness and his kind focus just like all three of these people they're their kind focus and professionalism, yet friendship and and assistance will always have meant something to me. Mm-hmm. My biggest mentor was Bob Hughes. And Bob, Bob brought me along and and taught me just from the beginning the 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 things that began to be important for real estate. I'm going to give you an example. This is one of those flashbacks to the difference in going to the library and Google. <laughs> okay, all the all the county records used to be catacombed to our little 304 North Church Street office. And so he knew I needed to learn how to go look things up. Deeds, plaps, and, you know, what grantors and grantees were and mm-hmm. and all of these things that I needed to go how to find things. So he would take, take me over there and we'd dig through these little drawers and look for things. Of course, it's all computerized now mm-hmm. and online, but and how to find plaps and then how to begin to read plaps. And those simple things, probably for him on the front end, were so important to me through the entire career of working with drawings, working with plats, knowing how to how to research and look things up. Um, and then, as I said, he turned me loose, let me go, felt confident I could do it, but knew that I wouldn't go any further than I could. And when the roadblock hit, I'd come back and ask for help. And we we had a wonderful working relationship. But as a mentor, hands down, Bob Bob's my mentor yeah, through awesome. my career. I mean, it sounds like you've had some amazing mentors, but it also sounds like from early in our conversation that you've tried to be that for other people. What were the characteristics of your mentors that you then tried to emulate in order to mentor people behind you? By the way, I do have a mentee in the crew program. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. I, I am a mentor to um, one of the young ladies awesome. in the crew. Um, and... That's rewarding to even, I mean, I'm humbled to even be asked, but hope that along the way that I will be um, helpful to her. I'm sure you will. Yeah. But in terms of 
what I felt that I always provided was what some of these people gave me, um, professionalism. Mm -hmm. I, I always wanted to be a leader for those that I tried to, to help. Um, I wanted them to know that I felt they were important. Just like these people, including Bob, made me feel important in what I was doing, that I always made employees feel important, that I had time for them, that I was willing to work with them to, to help solve a problem, go figure out where to look something up if they didn't. I mean, some people on the front end don't even know where to go look up things. Right. So if you, if you, you have to be willing to, to, to take baby steps. You, we were, you were talking about that from staff to, to now you have staff. Yeah. And so uh, careers are baby steps. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't care about people, what would it, what would that matter? But I can't, I couldn't possibly not care about the people who worked. And, it, and to me, they didn't work for me. We worked together. Mm -hmm. We were a company of together people. And in order for um, accomplishments to take place or successes to come about, we had to pull together. And I just, I just wanted to always be there for people. I wanted, I wanted them to feel comfortable and confident that whatever it was, whatever they needed, that I was there. Mm -hmm. And I still try to do that yeah. to, um, to a few people at the office that I continue to, to support, but just continue to support them yeah. and, and, want, and want them to succeed. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, I mean, really, when we talk about the mentor program and crew and how you're in it and you hope to be helpful, I think really a huge part of, I know all of my mentors that I feel the most strongly about is because I knew that they cared about me. And once you know that someone cares about you and wants you to succeed, then you have so much more ability to ask them for what you really want or to you know, be confident enough when they give you like feedback to say like, hey, you should try this or do something different. You're not saying like, oh, you're attacking me. You don't like me. It's more like, oh, wow, I know that you care about me so much that you want to help push me even further than I would have gone before. So yeah. I think <clears throat> what you're emulating right now yeah. and the care that you have for people, that's going to come off amazing for anybody that you mentor. So um, yeah. thank we're you. very appreciative Agreed. to have thank you. I, I would never want... Uh, the other person to feel like that I've ever felt like, oh, I know it all, <laughs> uh, um, because I didn't. Yeah. But as I said to you, I, I always try to remind people that you learn every day. If you go yeah. a day and you didn't learn something, you missed an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And so I... I value, I value people who want to work hard and do well 
and to and succeed. But in doing so, they also want to be people of integrity and also look out for the other person too. And that's what I think makes good employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a good company. I mean, I yeah. feel like, you know, maybe part of the reason that you're like that is because you had that example set for you within the company. Um, you know, maybe it's it's inherent in who you are, but it's also a good example. And like that, that environment, you know, meshed together where everyone has the best like hope and interest for what, whatever everyone wants as the collective whole together. I mean, I think that's pretty amazing and unique. You know, not every company is like that. So that's very that's, true. It's pretty amazing. Um, so I, I do have to ask. So what's one what's one piece of advice that you would give to someone looking to do something similar what you did with your career? How how would you tell them to to get started or you know what would you tell them? I Okay, for someone who thinks this is what they want to do mm-hmm. but they uh, really don't have the direction I think the first thing I would do is um, change the major from (laughs) journalism. I think journalism worked for me, but I think I would be sending them in a business direction. And not only that, but then on into a master's program of um, real estate development. And that these educational opportunities would be very valuable to them. Not meaning they couldn't go ahead and start working in the industry somewhere, Mm -hmm. somehow, after getting their undergraduate, but to, but I think this is, also helps build um, skills and knowledge base. You have to remember I'm also one of those Earl Galden people. I was a paper and pencil person. Um, I wrote. I mm-hmm. I sharpened pencils and wrote all the time. That's just the way it worked for me. Yeah. Um, I have notebooks full Same of. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't use pencils because I just don't like them, but pens. Yeah. <laughs> there was another lady in the office, and she and I were the pencil people. After I left, she, uh, one of the other young ladies thought, oh, is Jane out there <laughs> sharpening the pencil? <laughs> um, so I, I just, um, I, I've lost track of my, my thought here with when I got into the pencil piece. <laughs> but um, you're talking about the masters in real estate yeah. and getting experience. So. Once you you've got this formal education of of knowledge, also to to support you, that I, I love commercial real estate. I love commercial real estate development. I to pass by something or see something that I worked on is is humbling and rewarding mm-hmm. at the same time. Like, how did this how did this little country girl from Walterboro, South Carolina ever get to do this? And I feel blessed and honored and humbled. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> you did. Yeah, you did. So what's the best advice you've ever received? I thought about this. <clears throat> and I have two examples. Okay. And I don't know that this is the direction you think I'm going to go. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at a place in my life, someone told me, don't take the advice of anyone else. You must be sure that the decision you make is yours. So there is no second guessing by you that you did not, with your heart, make the decision. Mm -hmm. That turned out to be very true and very accurate. The next piece of information was not advice, but it was a statement made to me in my prior job in Columbia. And it involved the conversation with the vice president that I worked for and had something to do with company and people and so forth. And he said, well, Jane, life isn't always fair. And I said, sir, that is not what I expected you to say to me today. I didn't come in here to hear that. That's not what I wanted to hear. But I have taken that statement, and it's true. Life isn't fair. Mm -hmm. But life is what you make of it. Mm -hmm. Your life is how you lead it, how you live it how you show yourself to others, and what you do with your life. And so as hurt as my feelings were that day, that it wasn't what I wanted to hear, I decided that it was an advice piece, unknowing to him, Mm -hmm. that I've used to be sort of a structure to myself of how I want my life to be. Mm-hmm. I love that. So yeah, it's all about how you respond. So those are my advice stories of a sort. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I think we probably should be wrapping things up. But um, Jane, this is this has been awesome. Thank you again so much for for talking with us. We've got our five rapid fire questions left, and then we're going to get out of here. So are you ready? Oh. I didn't know there was a rapid <laughs> These are just fun. Yeah, okay. these are fun questions. Okay. Um, okay, number one, what do you like to do for fun? <gasps> oh, okay. All right. I like dirt therapy. Yes. Okay. You've got to have dirt therapy in your life. Um, I enjoy reading mm-hmm. um, assorted things. I don't have anything in particular, but I, I enjoy reading. Um, I enjoy traveling um, when, I, when I can. Mm-hmm. I enjoy Edisto Beach. This is where I've been all my life. Um I I and I like my volunteer work that I do and the boards that I'm on. These are things I do that bring me joy. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And where do where's your favorite place to travel? Well, in the United States it's <laughs> Edisto Beach. Edisto Beach. And out of the country it's Stuttgart, Germany. Those sound like yeah. amazing places. Yes. 
it makes sense the reasons yes. why you exactly. like, love those places. So, um, what is your favorite business related book or favorite book in general if you don't have a favorite business book? Um, well, I got to tell you, I haven't read one since I left work. Yeah, um, fair enough. Um, I don't know that I would either. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I'm I'm not sure that I can pinpoint something real quickly. Do you have a favorite mm-hmm. book in general? Yeah. I just have authors I like to okay. read because, and honestly, to me, they are, they're not business novel uh, books or anything like that. But to me, they're they're spies and and mm. mysteries and things like that. So I have just authors that I like I like to read in series of some of them because okay. I, I enjoy character. Can you hit us with at least one favorite author? Okay, David Baldacci. David Baldacci. Oh, okay. Yeah, we um, read some of this stuff Daniel before. Silver, too. Okay. I like a lot. Some fun. Um, current TV show that you're binge watching? I don't binge watch TV okay. except. <laughs> <laughs> I really am a Food Network junkie. Oh, mm-hmm. But the ones I like to watch and try not to miss are those that are shows that are cooking competitions, mm-hmm. like like Top Chef or mm-hmm. Master Chef or right. the, the things that are. I don't I don't get too much excitement out of watching them carve the pumpkins, but <laughs> I I just like food competitions. Yeah. I watch I like some of those 30-minute shows where these fabulous chefs are creating things. Mm-hmm. Do you ever watch the MasterChef Junior? Yes, I've watched <laughs> that one too. That is Master amazing that those kids can do they that. So I know. It makes yeah. me feel so bad. I think. <laughs> Did you see the one yeah. where the kid cooks a whole fish for his like final thing? He like, packs it in salt. I was like, I've never even thought of doing that. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And even these tiny children that do desserts. Yeah, and I, that's yes. amazing. Yeah. So I I just like Food Network, and then now um, I'm I'm a college football junkie. Oh, what's your I don't care team? I don't care who's playing. Okay, I'll watch college football. Up South Carolina, of course. It's <laughs> okay, my favorite okay, team. okay. Um, but if it's at night and there's two teams out west playing. And I haven't gotten sleepy. I'll watch them play. Oh, man, you and my husband both. I, <laughs> I've, I've got teams we care about, and I love watching those. But anything else, to be honest, yeah. it's just too much yeah. for me. I don't know. So. I just just one of those things. Yeah. It only happens one time a year for that's, so many weeks, and I just enjoy it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Um, this is our favorite question, last and favorite. What is your favorite restaurant in Greenville, and what do you get from there? Well, I was going to also give props to my little town of Traveler's Rest. Ooh, you can do uh, Traveler's yeah, Rest. That's uh, okay. Uh, everything in Traveler's Rest is good. It is awesome. Um, I just, I enjoy, I enjoy those, a lot of them family-owned and run restaurants mm-hmm. that I just like to support. And there isn't one in Traveler's Rest that I haven't probably eaten at some more than others, but anything that's on Main Street yep. and Traveler's Rest, I enjoy. Um, as to Greenville, I, I really enjoy eating at Sassafras. Mm. I, you get there. Um, if it, Whatever fish that they are doing, their, their usual special fish 
I, I enjoy very much. They have a um, um, a crab nachos, and I I love crab nachos. Um, I like sobeys because I like scallops, and mm-hmm. they'll do very nice fish dishes. I'm not. I don't eat um, steak, or yeah. I'm not. It's rare that I eat beef. I enjoy halls if I can just go for lunch, so that I don't have to make a decision about night. What if kind I ate there at night, it would be it would be salmon. Okay. So those are. I like those three. Yeah, and, good choices. And in terms of just. And enjoyable places to go and food that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love everything in Travelers Festival. I'm headed to Topsoil on Sunday because of their tasting menu. I love it so oh, much. Oh, wonderful. So good. So good. It's a good travel. Yes, it's, that's another good one. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming to join us today. We really appreciate you talking with us, and it was so fun to learn more about you. Yeah, well, I loved you, it. You ladies are um, certainly exceptional in your own careers and going a long ways. And it's been a privilege for me to get to visit with you today. Thank you so much for for inviting me. And I, I appreciate the opportunity.